There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. This episode of the Raptors Everything Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken the new official food of basketball. So make sure you're never missing buckets. Order yours online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors. 123-114 to win over the Phoenix Suns. I got to say, it feels good to say the word win again. Um, you know, whatever, three straight losses. But, uh, it, you know, it's just nice to win. It feels good, man. Like, it's currently uh, 1238. And uh, I'm hype. I'm very hype. Um, as is my cat, apparently. But yeah, you know, the Raptors are back to our winning ways. It's it's it feels good. Honestly, I feel you know particularly about this win just because of the circumstances. Look, I get it. It's the Suns. They're not a very good team. Um, for some reason, they're not playing Aaron Baines. I feel like he's a useful piece for them. But whatever. But um, I get it. The, the opposition is not great. The Raptors are expected to beat the Suns. Having said that. The Raptors have lost three straight, and the circumstances um, that they're facing right now is just not ideal whatsoever. Fred Van Vliet and Serge Ibaka missed uh, their third straight game. Um, you know, I love when the Raptors are like, yeah, it's minor injuries. Yeah, they'll be back any day now, and then, bam, a whole week goes by. That's just how they do things. That's just how they do things. I like to keep people in the dark. Um, so, you know, Fred Van Vliet's out. Serge Ibaka's out. Marcus Gasol remains out. Um and so this game was just going to be difficult. And after the last two games, you know, with Rondé not being super effective in that uh, starting center role, again, not his fault. It's just, come on, man. He's he's six foot five. He's not supposed to be a starting center. Nick Nurse switched it up. He went to a different starting lineup. Now, people got real mad at this when it first got announced. But it's kind of expected when you start Pat McCaw uh, in place of Rondé. So somehow, even though you don't have a center, you're going even smaller Um with, uh, you know, you're sliding Pascal to the five, um, or in this case, kind of OG, kind of OG and Pascal kind of traded off that position of five defensively trying to guard against DeAndre Ayton, uh, and McCaw sort of came in and gave some, um, you know, reinforcement at the three position and stuff like that, but uh, it, it did not work that well early on. I'm not saying it was McCaw's fault. I'm just saying the lineup didn't work early on. The Raptors got out to a really slow start. They allowed 39 points in the first quarter, uh, and things were not looking that great. I mean, in particular, there was a bit of an injury scare in the first quarter there as Kyle Lowry caught an inadvertent elbow from Terrence Davis, uh, who was trying to take a foul under the Raptors' or rim and caught Lowry across the eye. Lowry stayed down. A commercial break. He had to be helped off the floor by the trainers. Uh, he had a towel over his, his face, and it was a really scary situation. Now, as we know with Kyle... He's a warrior, and he's going to find a way to get back in the game if he can. And he tried to come back out at the, you know, midway through the second quarter. Uh, it looked, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like he was going to be good to go, but then he went back into the locker room. Then he went back, came back out, and he was okay. But, um, yeah, it just, the Raptors defensively just not, were not just, they just weren't 
performing. There's no other way to go about it. The Suns had like 40-some, 45 points, like, you know, two minutes into the second quarter and stuff. And it was just, it was honestly just, you know, a couple things. One, the Raptors weren't guarding the center position well. Um, Obviously, without an actual center on the floor, it was always going to be difficult. But uh, a lot of very easy passes, uh, easy looks to DeAndre Ayton. Uh, you know, defenses or uh, the Suns just sort of throwing the pass over the top and Aiden able to catch it and just finish. Uh, when the Raptors did double the post, which it did quite often because, again, they're at a mismatch there. And Aiden's actually, as a post-up guy, generally speaking, pretty good. Although today he was really bad and couldn't make a layup in the fourth quarter. Uh, but anyway, yeah, in the, early in the game, you know, the Raptors were doubling the post and stuff. And th- that just led to a lot of open threes. It was very similar to that Nuggets game. Um, except you don't have Jokic on the other side. You don't have the Nuggets, who are second in the West. Um, but it was kind of the same result. Like the Suns were getting a lot of open corner threes. Defensively, the Raptors were scrambling a little bit, and really it was just kind of a situation where they wanted to guard the post, they wanted to guard the perimeter, and they end up guarding neither. And the Suns just, you know, uh, got out to an easy early lead. I mean, uh, they were up seventeen. It 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 was looking tough. It was really looking tough for the Raptors. Um, and you know, some of that is not, not even necessarily just schematic or anything that was wrong or because McCall was starting or anything like that. It was just, the Raptors just weren't guarding very well. Like, uh, they weren't containing dribble penetration very well. They were kind of flying by their man. Uh, you know, that, that led them to sort of get into rotation, which they're generally good at. But again, without that center position to sort of sturdy you in the middle, it, it was a little harder for everyone. There was a lot of mismatches and the Suns really capitalized, um, but basically, the most important thing that happened tonight for the Raptors was that, you know, the Raptors basically threw out their original game plan when they were down. And they were like, look, we just got to go with a whole new plan. Let's just figure out how to defend. Let's figure out how we can have some stability, how we can have some rim protection, how we can get out to some of Phoenix's shooters after sort of defending the paint. And um, the biggest change from that front came in the form of Chris Boucher, who... Nick Nurse kind of called him out, not really, but he kind of talked about you know the whole bench and basically being like, "Look, man, I'm disappointed." You know, in that in that uh, Nuggets loss, the bench combined for nine total points. That's just not enough. And so you know, uh, you look at it like, or no, sorry, in that in, was that in the Charlotte game that nine points? I forget. One of those games they were just disappointed off the bench. But Nick Nurse talked about the need for more production off the bench, and early on it wasn't really clear who was going to step up. Um, Rondé came in, you know, I got to give him credit. It doesn't show on the box score, but he forced four turnovers in the first quarter. It was actually kind of amazing because the Raptors played no defense other than that. But Rondé forced like two travels and an offensive foul. And then, you know, some other thing, uh, it was cool, but, uh, you know, he, he classic Rondé got to the rim, wide open dunk, and somehow he missed and, uh, held onto the rim and got called for offensive uh, rim interference, it was a very strange play. Again, Rondé finds creative ways to miss lips. But, you know, it wasn't clear who was going to come off the bench. It wasn't even clear it was going to be Chris Boucher because it wasn't even like Boucher was going to get a turn. It didn't really feel that way. It seemed like they were basically just cut that rotation back uh, at the center position that just said Rondé's the backup. He went from the starter to the backup. And, you know, Boucher is just going to be that guy who's going to sit on the bench. Because the first time Boucher checked into the game was because Terrence Davis was stinking up the joint. Like, he was pulling up for three. He was getting uh, beaten on on defense. He just was not having a good night. Rookie night for Terrence Davis. Uh, and so TD gets pulled, and Boucher gets put into the game. Um, kind of, not even as a last resort, but just, you know, 
you know, let's see what we got. I mean, we're down 17. Boucher comes in the game, and immediately the Raptors play a lot better in the second quarter. Uh, it's not necessarily all Boucher, but he was very good in that second quarter. I believe he collected five offensive rebounds in just a second alone, got two putbacks. And his energy overall was just sort of what the Raptors needed because they kind of just needed um, – some kind of vertical threat going to the basket. Like, realistically, the Suns cannot guard at the rim. DeAndre Aiden is very young. He doesn't play a lot of defense. Can't even tell you who was the backup center for the Suns tonight. Um, you know, I, I'm i looking at it now. They didn't have one. <laughs> well, there you go. They didn't have a backup center tonight. Um, Cam Johnson, Elio Kobo, Javon Carter. And so, you know, um, the Raptors were able to get to the rim. There wasn't a lot of rim protection, just like there wasn't a lot of rim protection for the Raptors defensively, at least to start. There wasn't, there just consistent throughout the game was no rim protection. And so Boucher was able to get there for putbacks, was able to just sort of roll to the rim and, and be a threat that way. And Boucher was playing so well that he basically, after coming in and midway through the second quarter, played the rest of the quarter. And then Nick Nurse did the obvious thing, which is, yo, I got to start this man, all right? So he pulled uh, another starting lineup, right? The Raptors were already operating on their 15th different starting lineup tonight at the start of the game. And this doesn't count to start the third quarter, but essentially their 16th different starting lineup because uh, they pulled McCaw, they put Boucher into the game, and Boucher played great the rest of the way. Like, he just really gave the Raptors stability in that center position. Again, it's it's just the, the energy and the hustle, the second chance points, um, you know, the occasional blocks that he can get up for. Uh, he, Boucher was great. And, you know, the funniest thing about Boucher is, man, this guy has no, like, fear or nothing, no hesitation. It's, it's wild because um, Boucher wasn't even going to close the game. They were going to close the game going a little bit smaller with OG uh, playing more of that center spot and McCall also playing down the stretch. But OG picks up a six foul trying to guard, um, you know, Devin Booker, who is just a very tough guard, um, just a very, very skilled guy. Uh, and so Boucher has to come in because OG's fouled out. And immediately, you know, Boucher's open on the perimeter for three. It, uh, you know, it, it's it's not a bad shot. Like, I'm totally happy with him taking that shot, you know, throughout the course of the game. But in the fourth quarter, when we're talking about, like, two minutes, 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter in a one-point game, Boucher taking a three, you're like, mm, is that really the shot you want to take? But you got to give him credit because the next play down, Boucher finds himself even more open in the corner, and he takes this three and he swishes it. And again, it's just, it's a big three. It's two minutes left on the road. The Raptors only up one at that point. If he had missed that shot and the Boucher had missed back-to-back threes, this game, you know, people would be fixating on that. People would be complaining about it. People would be like, why is this guy who shoots less than 30% shooting two threes in the fourth quarter when the Raptors need to get some good offense? Why isn't it going through Kyle or Pascal or Norm or whoever? But Boucher hits the three. And then a minute later, um, Boucher secures a big defensive rebound. He gets fouled by Ricky Rubio who was mad annoying tonight. I don't know. I didn't really find his game very appealing. Uh, and generally speaking, I'm a, I really like Bu- uh, Rubio's game. But, yeah, Rubio was just kind of a pest. And so he, he fouled uh, Boucher, and, and the, the Suns were in, you know, in the bone, or in a, you know, above the limit. And so Boucher is up to the line, knocks down two free throws. Raptors are up six with a minute left. And pretty much that sealed the game. And we're talking about Chris Boucher, fresh off the bench. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't, maybe he wasn't even expecting to play that much today. I didn't really seem like he was that much in Nick Nurse's plans. He completely reverses the game, and he's you know just a big hero tonight. You look at the stat line that he gave you; it's pretty amazing. Off the bench, Chris Boucher in 29 minutes, uh, 19 points, 15 rebounds, six offensive rebounds, seven of eight from the free throw line, two of five from the three point line, two steals, a block, and also. 
part of the KFC bucket of the game, which, as I got to remind you, the Rappers Over Everything podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Because you're a fan of buckets, then you're a fan of KFC. Order yours at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. The KFC bucket of the game, Boucher was an integral part of that because uh, Booker drives down the lane. And this is, I think, in the third, maybe fourth quarter. Second half, for sure. Um you know, Booker goes down the lane. He sees a uh, daylight. He goes up for a floater. Boucher gets up, blocks the shot, and it sparks the fast break. Uh, Pascal pitches ahead to OG. OG sees the defender come to him. OG throws up a lob, kind of pretty much hopeful. I, I don't think, you know, when OG threw the lob, Pascal was even inside the three-point line. But Pascal flies in, catches a two-handed uh, alley-oop, and, and finishes it. And that was just a great sequence because it kind of really just announced that the Raptors were going to take over because, you know, the Raptors were down 17 in the second. Uh, they battled back. Um, you know, they trimmed yeah, the, the deficit down to six points by halftime. The Raptors won the third quarter, 26 to 18. Again, defensively, they just got a hold of things. Boucher in the middle just added an extra level of rim protection. And then they finished out really strong. And, um, yeah, that was a memorable play. But, honestly, there's a lot of memorable plays from this one. Uh, the guy, you know, who was awesome tonight, just really, really refreshing to see was Pascal Siakam. 43 minutes for Pascal, a lot of minutes. But, hey, man, listen, Kyle was out for a significant portion of this game because of the eye thing. Um, you know, you're shorthanded. You know, you need someone to play some center. And, and, you know, it's just a difficult situation. In these situations, you need your star player to step up. And he did. Look, it's not as impressive as taking over against the Bucks or, you know, taking over against Denver or whatever. I get it. But at the same time, hey, listen, this is a star-level performance for Pascal Siakam. He did what a star was supposed to do tonight. Um, and the best part of his game was that didn't really feel forced. Didn't really feel like Pascal was trying to be anyone else. He was just trying to be Pascal Siakam and do what Pascal Siakam does best. And, um, you know, it was just refreshing to see him operate in this way in the sense that, you know, he, he was active defensively. Uh, again, playing, uh, you know, nominally speaking, the, the five position. Uh, you know, he was really f- called upon to be a rim protector at the, uh, you know, and he got two spectacular blocks. Um, you know, he was causing deflections, running down loose balls, getting out in transition, and just doing all the stuff that Pascal does, right? Because in the last couple of games where he's been struggling, he hasn't really been playing that Pascal game, getting out in transition, getting into the post, making a move, faking right, spinning back to his left, um, you know, uh, you know, driving uh, and posting up smaller guys and defending every position. And, you know, when defenses sag back, go to that jumper. Pascal had it all working today. And it was really just a game where... Yes, he had obviously a monster stat line. You look at it, 33 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 2 blocks, plus 13, 12 of 20 from the field, 5 threes in 43 minutes. But it was just like a a game where, you know, Pascal was able to do a lot of the stuff that we know he excels at. Um, And it, it was just that return to sort of what he usually does. That just again made this game feel very refreshing because this been a, you know because the Raptors are force feeding Pascal because it's a big transition year because he's had to change his game and everything like that. Um, there's been almost so much emphasis on changing his game that it's sort of almost worked towards his detriment. Like you know, as a lot of it is just making Pascal play above himself and almost be a different person. Today was just the old Pascal. This is the same Pascal Siakam that gave you the game winner against Phoenix last year in at the ACC because. Um, you know, I don't know why. I don't know why Phoenix decided to guard him in single coverage for a lot of the game. Um, you know, Pascal has not only hit that game winner on them last year, but uh, he just had 37 points on the Suns like two weeks ago. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is not necessarily what anyone consider a shutdown defender. 
but you know what? I appreciate it. Uh, I think Pascal appreciates it. And he was just able to play free, natural, normal, the regular Pascal, doing all the things he does best. And I, and I thought it was great. You know, uh, yes, there are going to be a lot of moments where Pascal has to force it. He has to do and play and, and, and hit shots that are above himself. But, you know, on a lot of these nights, you don't have to. And in some of the best Pascal games of the season, even against top-tier competition, like when I think of Pascal's best games this year, I think about, for example, when the Raptors beat uh, the Sixers at home, right? And that was when the game where you remember as Marcus All uh, limited Joel Embiid to uh, zero points. And, um, yeah, that was very memorable. But I thought Pascal was great in that one just because Pascal was doing all the things that, you know, again, he didn't have to force his game that much. Um, you know, the spin move against Al Horford and one, you know, in crunch time, the block, uh, to sort of, uh, break up the pass between, uh, Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. These are things that Pascal, that's, that's, that's what Pascal does best. And so I was very happy to see this performance and for him personally. And he even talked about it after the game, you know, in, in the post game interview that he gave to, uh, Eric Smith of Sportsnet, uh, Pascal said in terms of smacking out the, uh, snapping from out of the funk, quote, being at this level. Every day is just learning. I kind of just, I kind of lost just enjoying the process and just playing, man. Having fun, playing defense, rebounding, doing the little things I, I always do. I'm just happy to be back to what I do, and I just got to do that every single day. And I thought, you know, yeah. he, he Honestly, I thought he was losing a little bit of that joy. You know, Pascal is someone who's smiling all the time, exudes positivity, um, you know, he has a sort of energy about him. The energy in this game didn't quite... I mean, I don't know. I didn't see it in Denver that much. I uh, didn't see it that much in Charlotte and stuff like that. And you know what? It, it's... No one's caught more flack than than Pascal in the last three games, right? The losing streak. I mean, no one really pointed out that Kyle wasn't really very impactful in those three games. Um, you know, it was just so much focus on Pascal. And it's, it's like, it's a lot of responsibility, but he's not running away from it. He has a lot of self-awareness. thought he played well today. In terms of, the, you know, Kyle, now that I mentioned him, very heroic performance from Kyle Lowry in the sense that, you know, he picks out the injury, but he comes back. I wasn't even sure if he could see. So I'm like, are you sure you should be speaking these threes? But Kyle being Kyle, you know, he was great. I mean, first quarter set the tone for the Raptors. At least offensively, he was getting to the rim. He was, you know, um, hitting the pull-up three and just being aggressive, being quick in transition. Um, and got 12 quick points early on. Then he picked up the eye thing. He comes back. And, you know, this is just one of those games where Kyle Lowry sort of imposes his will. You know, when you look at a stat like this, where Kyle Lowry in his 37 minutes was a plus 18 in a win that the Raptors only won by nine points. It really just goes to show how important and how impactful Kyle Lowry is to winning. Not not even just like, you know, it's just small things like winning loose balls, diving to the floor in the second half. I mean, this is a game in March against Phoenix on the road. Kyle already picked up one injury. This man's diving into the crowd to save a loose ball. This man is diving on the floor to save a loose ball. That kind of competitive edge and hustle uh, is just so unique. And, and again, it's something you cannot take for granted because that is so much of what makes the Raptors great is that Kyle Lowry makes them compete and, and basically forces them to play all out. And I thought Kyle just also made some great plays, you know, like he got to the free throw line a lot, two plays in the fourth quarter where he drove in uh, quick, opportunistic, got the driving foul call, uh, hit all his free throws tonight, eight of eight from the, on the free throw line, uh, hit a pull up three as well in the fourth quarter there. Um, Kyle was just great, you know, just a, a great leader for the team. Um, you know, you know, him and Pascal working that two man game in crunch time. 
I always like when they sort of run pick and roll together, um, you know, just to get Pascal some easier looks and also just change it up because so much of Pascal scoring nowadays is, um, you know, him dribbling and getting a post up or him attacking face up or him pulling up or him running a screen or something like that. Uh, the ability for Kyle to sort of play pick and roll and turn Siakam into a roll man and for Kyle to find Siakam and Siakam to finish on the roll just to make it a little easier for him and just sort of change it up offensively. I thought that was a smart move for them to sort of call a couple of those plays in the fourth quarter. I thought Kyle was great. And of course, man, Norman Powell. Holy. Every game I'm impressed by Norm. Every game. Uh, first off, I mean, uh, we got to take a moment to appreciate the fact that he's fresh off the injury to his left hand. Uh, and since then, he's had a pretty heavy workload, but he has delivered in every single one of those games. Um, you know, I thought in the Charlotte game, he was the only guy who could hit a three. I thought in that Denver game, he got to the rim really well. And today was sort of a mix of both. You know, he got to the rim, but he also hit two threes. There was a stretch there where um, Norm hit a three. Then OG hit a three, then Pascal hit a three, and I'm like, this, this, this is the future. Well, I mean, it's not even the future; it's just the present now. I guess it's one of those the future is now moments. But yeah, I thought you know Norm was very confident with his three, uh, even though two of six, you know, not great necessarily, but very confident, and very steady on all his looks, all good looks, um, and also just very smart in terms of how he approached driving to the basket, emphatic finishes when he needed it, uh, you know. Always finishing with the right. Obviously, the left is still a little wonky right now, but he went in for an emphatic uh, right-handed jam. Uh, he was attacking off the the pick and roll. He was sort of attacking, just attacking in every setting, really. Transition, stuff like that. One play that I thought was super impressive was in the fourth quarter there, Norman Powell collected a rebound, and the Suns were slow to get back. And to be to their credit, um, the Raptors weren't that insistent on getting out in transition either. They're, maybe the guys are a little tired. But Norm... Norm just basically dribbled through all five guys on the Suns, or not even through, just dribbled past them and forced his way. It got to the rim. Didn't really have numbers at one point. It was like one of four, one against four, uh, but he's you know just it was still a good shot somehow. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like even even though he was at a disadvantage, he forced his way to get to the rim and he forced the defender to foul on him at the basket and he drained the free throws there too. Um, Norm has just been super impressive. The fact that he got nine free throw attempts. Um, I mean, one, it's a reflection of the fact that the Suns can't protect the basket, but it's also just Norm making decisive moves, getting to the basket, and forcing things to to happen. And I thought Norm was very, very good tonight, and he continues to just be, you know, one of the Raptors' best scorers on the season. And his development is, I mean, we're going to see it. I mean, I hope it translates into the playoffs, but realistically, Norm has always been a pretty good playoff player. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about this win. But uh, all, all, all in all, you know, it's just, again, tough circumstances, man. It, it, it sucks seeing Fred Van Vliet on, on the sideline, uh, you know, with his Ben and Yourself shirt uh, and a jacket over it. Uh, it sucks to see Marcus All. The Marcus All fit today was not good. Um, I don't know if you got to go back and watch it. But, like, very baggy black jeans and then uh, just a generic black shirt that you would see for a high school band. In a generic jacket. I, I don't know. Whatever. But, you know, it just sucks uh, because uh, these guys, the Raptors shouldn't have to struggle like this. But the fact that the Raptors are 43 and 18 on the season, um, you know, the reason they are that is because they've got a lot of wins like this this year where games where they should lose, games where the circumstances are working against them, games where they have to overcome a deficit, and the Raptors just find a way. And this is another one of those things where, you know, the regular guys are all stepping up, and then Chris Boucher gives you something, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're winning on the road. And it's uh, 
it's just great to see, man. It's just great to see. So, in terms of your three stars, first star, I'm giving that to Pascal Siakam. 33 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, a steal, 2 blocks, 12 of 20 from the field, 5 of 9 from the 3-point line, 4 of 6 from the free throw line, 43 minutes overall. Uh, one thing that was super cool was, uh, sh- first off, shout out to the home um I guess I'm saying home. It was an away game, but it felt like a home game because there were just so many Raptors fans that were being shown on the broadcast, like entire sections of them. They reminded me of uh, games uh, <clears throat> three, four, and six of the NBA Finals. Uh, shout out to everyone who made it out to Oakland. Uh, they really shut down Oracle. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just nice to see Raptors fans on the road. And, and my lasting memory of Raptor fans on the road will always be like, the three full sections of Raptor fans that were singing O Canada, chanting CPC and stuff in the NBA Finals on the road. It was an amazing, uh, just an amazing atmosphere there. But kind of a, you know, obviously it's not NBA Finals intensity or whatever, but, you know, very, very cool atmosphere to see so many Raptor fans. First quarter, I saw there were two uh, fans that were wearing Pascal Siakam's New Mexico State jersey, which is super awesome. Uh, they're not a big program of any means. It's not like Kentucky or Duke or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, New Mexico is close by. And, um, yeah, you know, Pascal's, Pascal has some day one fans in the in the arena. So that was super cool. And, yeah, he provided, man. 33.7 rebounds, three assists, a steal, two blocks. Very efficient from the field. The five threes is amazing. He had some pull-up threes when the defense sagged off of him. Great balance to his offense. And, and again, just uh, very refreshing to see him get to back to old ways. Um Second star, I'm giving that to Chris Boucher. Really a big game changer off the bench. 19 points, 15 rebounds, two steals, a block. 5 of 12 from the field, a little surprising. I feel like he could have, uh, I feel like he was a little bit more efficient than that. But he hit two three uh, two threes, including that big three in uh, the fourth quarter with two minutes left. And also uh, 7 and 8 from the free throw line. Past, you know, Boucher, I don't know what he's going to give you on a nightly basis, but he gave you a lot today. And he, he saved the Raptors' ass. So, uh, big shout out to Chris Boucher. And then third star... Uh, you know, I want to give it to Norm, but Kyle, I mean, Kyle was undeniable today, man. 28 points, five rebounds, six assists, a steal, plus 18. He was, man was seeing out of one eye, still shot four of eight from the three point line and eight of eight from the free throw line. Uh, amazing effort from Kyle. And again, just a guy who sets the tone, you know, makes you compete. You got to appreciate it. If the Suns had Kyle Iyer today, they win the game, period. I'm just telling you. Uh, and if, honestly, you know, that competitiveness, that leadership that you get from, from Kyle, just never, ever overlook it, man. This guy is phenomenal. And, again, big heroic moments in the fourth quarter as well. So, just a great game from Kyle. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to my man. Well, I was going to give it to Dario Saric, actually. But, um, you know what? After looking at the box score, probably going to go to Cam Johnson, uh, the rookie for the Suns. Uh, he was pretty good tonight, man. 21 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 3 blocks. 7 of 16 from the field, 5 of 13 from 3. Uh, was smart in terms of driving to the basket. The Suns got a lot of unexpected contributions up and down the roster. Um, you know, Cam Johnson was definitely one of those guys who was burning their apples from three early on and just making good plays all around. Defensively, okay. Drew a foul on Pascal as well. Um, but, you know, just one time for Dario Sadic, as uh, my man Herbie would say, because he was really good. In his 23 minutes, he was in foul trouble for most of the game, but 16 points for Dario, and he's making some threes and stuff like that, making some great plays. Uh, just a solid vet uh, that the Suns basically need a lot more of. So, uh, great game, great game. You know, not much to complain about. Again, the Raptors snapped their losing streak, so uh, things are good. I feel good. Um, uh, yo, uh, I always forgot. Before I go, I mean, Pat McCaw. I mean, look, people got mad. 
I'm not going to lie, Pat didn't make a lot of great plays today. A lot of back cuts, a lot of Ricky Rubio driving past him and scoring, which is odd. But, yo, with a minute 30 left in a, I think, four-point game, McCaw crossed over Devin Booker and got right to the rim for a layup. And it just took everybody by surprise. because All McCaw was doing in his 34 minutes was passing up shots. And so when all of a sudden in that crunch time moment, McCaw decided to make an aggressive move towards the basket and score. Um, I mean, look, the Suns were not that good defensively tonight at all. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a, a really cool moment. And um, I'm happy he contributed to the win because, look, man, not not, not everyone needs to – They just like there's just no need to jump on the guy. Like, it's not his fault that he's playing so many minutes. Uh, it's, it's injuries. It's the way Nick wants to play. It's the trust that he sees in him. I thought McCaw actually did some nice things today, not just a layup, but in terms of the pressure defensively he put on Booker. Um, OG gave Booker one look defensively, uh, but McCaw sort of has that change of pace, quicker guy, pressuring the ball and stuff like that. Um, you, you did okay. So, you know, for one day at least, you know, because of the layup, because of everything else, let's uh, let's lay off Pat, you know. It's, it's, come on. It's just, it's, there's a human cost to just, like, people shitting on you all the time, man. So, yeah. It does it with the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, some programming notes. Make sure you listen to um, the Rappers Everything live call-in show that comes out every Monday at 6 p.m., Eastern time, where me and my co-host Josh Hart take phone calls. If you um, don't have the availability between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on a Monday afternoon or Monday evening, uh, you can uh, leave us a message at the Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram page. You can direct message us. Leave us a voice note with your question, with your concern, with your hot take, with your comment, whatever you want. Uh, If it's appropriate, we're going to play on the show. Uh, Watch Run It Back. It's going to come out... um, on Wednesday, so probably when you're watching this and listening to this, so watch out for that. Me and Alex talked about, you know, Pascal, talked about OG, talked about Jeremy Lin endorsing Tiger Bomb, you know, uh, it's a good episode, as always. And, uh, you know, lastly, just uh, want to say happy birthday to my dad, uh, you know, just a, a great role model that I've always had and been very privileged to, to have in my life as a sort of a guiding force. Um, you know, my dad is... You know, like I imagine from a lot of dads, you know, was the one who put me on to sports and sort of developed that love for sports early on. And, um, you know, it was mostly soccer. But, you know, when we came to Canada, we watched a lot of hockey together because that's what you do when you come to Canada. First, as immigrants, you try to assimilate. And, you know, when you're at, I mean, I don't know, I was seven years old. But, you know, when you're at the workplace cooler or whatever, you want to talk about Matt Sundin or whatever. So we watched a lot of CBC and, and hockey and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that transferred to me watching basketball. And, and now it's honestly gone back, you know. Like, now my dad's watching basketball home with my little brother and stuff like that. So it's really cool. But happy birthday to my dad. Uh, very, very special, important person in my life. And, um, yeah. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to KOC for sponsoring the podcast. The Raptors are back on winning uh, terms. And uh, life is good right now. Hopefully everyone gets back and, and comes back from injury. Seriously, I want to see this team at full strength. Like, enough, man. As, as cool as it was to see Boucher come off the bench with 19 and 15, I, I just want to see, you know, Serge and, Serge and Mark and Fred. Like, let's just get healthy. Let's hold on to the second seed. Let's do some real damage in the playoffs. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.